Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. John, how are you? Dan, how are you? Doing great, Tom. Yes, present. Yes, present. <laughs> wow, that was awkward. <laughs> We're get, I'm getting he stale at that. I, I say the same thing every well, single time. I was waiting time. for him to say, how are you? He just, he just said my name, so yes, Well, I'm, I don't I'm, really care. I'm I just present. was just Ouch. noting Ouch. that you were here. I did find my note of uh, welcome to the Iceman podcast. I was a little panicked because the last time it said boat insurance, which I still haven't checked on. <laughs> I have mine. Yeah, I, I, got the, I got the card on it now. It's official. That's good. We shouldn't spend too much of our time babbling here because nope. we've got a we got- double feature tonight, and I'm so excited. So um, we've had Nicole Stone on the podcast before. She's actually the number one podcast of ours so far, and I hope this one blows us out of the water. So we've got Nicole Stone and... Joining as well, Kristen Potega. So this is super Hey, you awesome. did it right. You got both names right. I'm pretty sure I did. I mean, <laughs> neither of them told me I was wrong. No, I'm actually impressed, honestly, because I've, I've heard it butchered many a time. So you, great pronunciation. Well, naturally, I want to put an R in Potega. Do you get Portega a lot? Oh, my gosh. If that is, I will hear that till I'm dead. I don't have any idea why. Because of Ortega. You think? I think so. We're, taco show? Yeah, we're beat, we're beat to death with the taco show. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be, but it definitely doesn't have an R in it. No. No. Unless it's silent. I have, I've just uh, was looking here at your website, Kristen, as we were doing that intro, and there's a picture here that I, I just need some backstory on. So it's a picture of you sitting on the ice, kneeling on the ice in front of a tip-up, holding what looks like maybe a stone box yep that's I mean, a stone tackle likely. box with a bottle of windsor canadian whiskey <laughs> that's even this, is the, this is the most amazing picture i've ever seen i don't know i don't know the context but that's definitely look at this how cool is that picture it's a good picture that's an interesting picture well, it's, it's it literally says right next to it. If you're interested in recipes, gear, or whatever, well, I know, but what's, I just think it's an awesome picture. With the, unless you're, do you put Windsor in the the hole for good luck, or like a uh, shot on the ice? Good luck, or like a you know a serving to the fish to try to have them bite. I mean, a little bit of everything. But also, I'm from Wisconsin. If we don't have alcohol on us. We're not a Wisconsinite. You say that, on us or that's in a very, us? It's a very accurate <laughs> statement, though. Okay, a little bit of both. both. I was going to say both. It's yeah. Very accurate. Yeah. No, this picture is hilarious. I love it. Are, are you a true Wisconsinite? So you're uh, a Packers fan? So you're crying right now? Cause... Um, well, uh, I don't know if I really want to admit this on the podcast because I don't know if I want everybody to know I'm not from Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, you're not a fib, are you? You're a faker. No, fib wob, if you want to be honest. Okay, okay. So, I don't know what that means, yeah. but... Yeah. With a boat. Wait, Wait so you yeah. are from Illinois? <laughs> I am from Illinois. Ah! Oh, <laughs> so you are a fib. Like, I'm a fib wob. Okay. So if you've, got a, if you've got a boat with you, that makes you a little bit better, right? Then the gas stations know. at least get some money out of it. Well, yeah, but I, I consider myself a Wisconsinite. I moved up in 2011, never left, have my Wisconsin residence. So I consider myself a Wisconsinite. I'm trying to put the past behind me. <laughs> you got 12 years in you. That's, yeah, that's, that's plenty of that's time. That's plenty. You've established. Yeah. I feel like so. You'd be able to legally run for office in Wisconsin, so, yeah. What is that? Is it like 10? 12 beer limit. Not that I'm going to. Totally kidding, but just curious. I think I think it's like six years of residency. Is it really? Oh, okay. I think so. In a, in a particular state before you can run for state office. Well, it's something like that. It's not crazy long. Huh. 
You learn something new every day. Well, anyways, welcome to uh, welcome to Wisconsin. I guess I don't know. It's awkward. You've been there for a long time. <laughs> That's awesome. And Nicole, how are you been doing? Good. Been doing real good. So since the last time you talked on this podcast, you've had some pretty significant things going on in your life, haven't you? She had a, yeah, she had a baby. I, I mean, thanks for spoiling it, John. <laughs> oh, geez, sorry. Jeez, what it? <laughs> Let yes, me just tee uh, these up for you, John. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, as I, as I know, because well, I talked to her quite a few times while she was pregnant, and I said, you know, once you have that baby, take a picture every day because it's super cool to look. I mean, I knew the answer too, John. I didn't blurt it out, though. I was, thought it was like Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicole, what's new in your life? <laughs> um, yes, I baby, which was a huge deal. Um, and then uh, Minnesota. So those were changing last you guys. I think we might be losing a little connection there. I think oh, we, can you hear me now? We got you, but I think we got about 90% of what you just said. So you moved to Minnesota. You were formerly from North Dakota, right? Yes. Born and raised in Minnesota, lived in North Dakota for a little over 10 years, and then back to Minnesota. Oh, boy. Um, Kristen, don't let that yeah. get in your head there. I'm keeping my <laughs> mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. Now, your baby's just still pretty dinky, right? A couple months? Yep, yep. She'll be three months at the end of this week, so still real little. Boy, I loved that baby time. I thought it was so fun. Oh, I mean, it, it goes so amazing. fast, but it, I, I loved it. You like changing oh. poopy diapers and having them puke inside cribs? Dan never and, did any of that part. Oh. I sure did. <laughs> I was super hands-on. No, I loved it. You know, you what, know what? I ahead. love it. Like, I never thought just just because I was kind of vocal about this in the beginning. I never thought I was, I was never sure I wanted kids. Not that I didn't want them, but it was just something I never really considered doing. Um, and then we, we had our daughter in the last three months and it was, wow. I'm like blown away by how much I actually love it. It's great. Like the whole, even the poopy diapers, it's not a problem when it's your own kid. It really isn't. I mean, it's kind of gross, but it's like, not like it's it's expected. Now I don't know if this will ever be a thing for you though, Nicole. But for me, when my youngest was born, my middle child was still in diapers, so he was like two, two and a half, and she was a newborn. And you had I had you know two and a half years of changing his diapers and being like just used to it, I guess. And then when you put the little newborn on the diaper changing table, and you compare the size, he's like. A, like wiping a moose's ass. It's like, uh, yeah, it's a whole different. Like it's a little, the newborn poop is like a little dainty, and I mean he's like a giant. I'm like, good lord, kid, I'm embarrassed for you. We got to figure this out. Yeah, or, or, or the poops are size of beer cans when they get yeah. that age. It's like, how do you poop this much? Your body's not even that big. Hear that, Devin? It's time to get out of the diapers. Yeah, it's time, Devin. You're old enough now. What are you in third grade? It's time. Devin, Devin's in fifth grade. Fifth grade. Hey, you know what? It happens sometimes. You know I, what? Changing diapers at that stage doesn't sound as nice. No, <laughs> no at that point, uh, there's either something really wrong with one of the two of you. Uh, that's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, that is gross. All right, Nicole, I think I gave you my unsolicited baby advice, so I just need to check and see if it still is the truth. So I've been telling everyone since my kids were born that Pampers is the answer. Is that still the case? Yeah, it is. Pampers is legit. I got right. some off-brand stuff, and I went and bought a ton of Pampers afterwards. So you're right on. <laughs> well, everybody, That's very validating. Everybody knows if you don't have the right diapers, it is coming out one of the sides or the top, and nobody <laughs> needs that. You can buy cheap wipes. Go right ahead, but 
Pampers. You, you know, the wipe warmer was the biggest thing for me with kids. Wipe warmer? I never yeah. had a wipe warmer. Well, I did for my daughter because her room was at the edge of the house and it, the, her wipes were, I swear to God, 30 degrees all the time. And you'd wake her up in the middle of the night and put that ice cold rag on her and she'd scream. She didn't appreciate that. So I bought a wipe warmer and she never <laughs> screamed again. So it was perfect. It was like, it just didn't wake her up fully. That's not a terrible idea. I didn't even know those existed. I didn't either until somebody's like, why don't you have a wipe warmer? I'm like, what? All these things that you yeah. get to learn. I think we need. I think we just found a new podcast sponsor. Yep, Pampers. <laughs> wipe, Pampers wipe warmers. Yeah, I don't know if it was a Pampers one. It was a plug-in thing. It was. It was kind of weird, but they were. It was nice, very warm. That's awesome. And then doing some more digging into into your uh, social media, Kristen. It looks like a couple months ago you had a pretty big event happen too. I. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, what big event? I'm like racking my brain. I'm like, oh, I got married. Oh, yeah, that, that wedding thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the big event. Well, that's exciting. Those, all those big events are super, super exciting, and that's cool. I mean, we don't have to dwell on either of those things, but it's, a, it's fun to notice. Congratulations to both of you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Milestone, no, milestone think, events, uh, right? Yeah, Savannah was born a day before my wedding, so Nicole and I kind of, I was texting her, and she's like, yeah, I had her, and I'm like, I'm just getting ready for my wedding, so like, congratulations, (laughs) like, I will never forget your daughter's birthday. Did either of you feel like the other (laughs) one was stealing your thunder a little bit? Absolutely not. Or you're like Nicole's Nicole's baby really kind of ruined this wedding thunder. You're, you're like, gonna. I, I would forget the anniversary date because I thought anniversary. So Dan is just stirring shit over here. Literally. Yeah. Now Dan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to tell diaper, you diaper talk and shit stirring. My my sister in law had her third baby right when we were having our first, and she was like, "I just am worried that I'm stealing your thunder." And I'm like, "Well, I mean, you are, but what can we do about it?" Do you remember your anniversary every year then, Dan? Yeah, mine's pheasant opener. Did you know what pheasant opener changes the date? So I was only right once every seven years. So you don't know your anniversary? No. I've had it wrong (laughs) twice because I thought it was pheasant opener. Like I thought that was the, because we got married on pheasant opener. I thought, great, I'll never forget this. Well, that's always the second Saturday. It has nothing to do with anything else. Well, that's embarrassing for you, John. Yep, especially when you're like seven days early or seven days late. Do you want me to call you on your birth on your anniversary? Sure. He'll be pheasant hunting. Don't, yeah, don't, don't pheasant bother. Hunting. Don't bother. <laughs> I was the last. I'll call Liz for you. That's fine. Can Liz, John, John wanted me to say happy anniversary. He told me six months ago that he wouldn't remember. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, nice. Okay, let's talk about fishing though, and ice fishing. How are conditions for everybody? Ours suck. Bad. <laughs> bad in the metro. Yeah. Metro. Nicole, you want to take this one to start? Sure. They're pretty solid up here. We're doing well. We didn't get some of the lakes got some flush from the snow, but it's not as bad as down south by any means. And our ice was just thicker, so it could handle more. Um, but most of the lakes held up really well. There's hard houses all over. Um, and some of the back lakes that had a little bit thinner thinner ice when I was checking them earlier in the season, some of them uh, did flush out, but that's all refrozen. So we're uh, doing really well up here. Up, uh, what's the general area you're speaking of? Oh, Nicole, you there? She just said yeah, no. Oh, yeah. there we got you. Where, what general area are you in? Uh, the Bemidji area, roughly. Okay. So, and there's a billion yeah. lakes up there. I was just up on yep. Red, right, right between Christmas and New Year's, and it wasn't too bad. It was. Yeah, no. Yeah, red. the conditions I mean, were fine. Yeah, the conditions that they've been, yeah, they've been rolling just fine. I don't think it even slowed them down up there. 
and yeah, all the local lakes around the area, it's all been, we got out of that pretty easy, but you guys, it sounds like it's been a little bit more of a mess down there with all oh. the snow on top of more snow. All, all of the lakes that I normally go to are just slush machines right now. No, 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 no driving. None of that. It's just all slush. Are, are you, I mean, I haven't walked any lakes around here. We went to Mille Lacs last weekend and there was no slush, but travel there was a little bit. There were some pockets. I call that no slush. Okay, there were some pockets, but it was comfortable to walk around in. I mean, it still felt like you're walking in sand, though, like where it kind of moves around all, all over underneath your the feet. The key word is walking, though. You weren't, yeah. dri- you weren't driving out yet. We probably could have gotten to our first spot in trucks. Yeah, I could have made my truck structure. No, I think we could have gotten to that first spot. <laughs> I think I would have fallen in. I don't, no. I don't think that was thick enough ice. The, they were driving out there for two weeks with that other truck. I think we could have made it, but I don't think going any further would have been a good idea. No. So I was about- super impressed, Nicole, with your uh, with your ice setup, your snowmobile and all that rig. I know you've got a blog about that too. Yeah, yeah. I thanks. Yeah, that's been really nice. When I moved up here, I was like, I need uh, I need to get more efficient at everything. So it's been a good machine, fan cooled, so I can be on the ice even when there's no snow. And my husband kind of you know, beasted out for me so I could handle everything. So it's been a good, good setup. Yeah. When you were, t- when you tore down, you were, you were tearing down and gone within, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. It was pretty remarkable. No, ah, thank you. Yeah. It's been a good, it's a good setup. It's a way to go. It's the way to go. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you, if you do a lot on the ice, that's the way to do it. Um, on our way. So on day two, so we were with you guys, I was with you guys on Friday and Saturday we were doing the DSG thing and we went out to Brad's hut. But uh, we needed transportation, so we had, and you know there's a big box on the back of my sled. Mm. We had that, and then we had three of us sitting in the main area, including Kristen. And then we had two otter sleds pulled behind, and then we threw her husband on top of the otter sled, (laughs) and we called everyone back. (laughs) Pretty slick. That sounds like uh, it would have been a funny picture. Yes, oh, it, it was. was so dark. Yeah, I think <laughs> you Trevor actually picture? took a video on the back of it, like selfie view, because it was so funny, and he was just getting bounced around in the back of her otter, just laying on it. Like it was definitely a treat to see. <laughs> How did you guys do that second day? Oh, we didn't do as well. I mean, some some of the ladies did catch a few fish, but um, I feel like we did really solid the day we were out with you. Well, especially you, Nicole. You caught the big one. Yeah, in the middle of yeah. the day too. Completely the wrong time to be fishing. <laughs> yeah, it was. But you know what? I feel like where Brad set us up, set us up so credit to Brad for getting everybody on fish. Um, I went off that deepest. I think I was the deepest house out there. And I think that made all the difference because they kind of fell off down into the deep there during the day. And then I, because I didn't see as much right at daylight, I feel like, as you guys did. And then suddenly the fish were just rolling through. I've so got I think that, that kind of helped. I've got that one video I took of you and Dev in the house when those fish were rolling through on the uh, on your live scope. We should put it up on the Iceman page. It was uh, it was fun to watch that. Have you watched live scope before? John? Live scope is unbelievable. Like I, I watched. I mean, I don't know how many guys had it out there when we were out there, but there was a lot of live scope and just it, the amount of detail you see. Like I mean, you can see fish turn. You can see fish all. And once you start almost looking at it, it's almost hard not to use it exactly i felt it like really it was is. F- it's addictive well i th- felt like it was like the first time i saw a flasher i just couldn't like you just can't get your eyes off of it and now it's like i can't not look at this yeah it's addicting almost to like a fault though like that's the other problem is 
my live scope, as much as I love it at times, it has caused me harm to my fishing too. Like it's been a problem when you get really addicted to crappie fishing, it helps you find the fish, but it doesn't really, especially when ice is thin, you can't hole hop with it. So like things get more complicated that way. And then when you're trying to carry it around, you're spooking all the fish and you just wish you had a flasher. And then the other thing is I've heard so many people complain about perch fishing with it. Um, and there's definitely been times where I've been crappie fishing and I've noticed they won't come in and then I'll can it. And then suddenly they come in coincidence, maybe, or there's an issue with how much noise that thing's putting out. Um, but the perch fishing, a couple of the guides I've talked to that I'm friends with are all swear. It's like the worst thing you can do when targeting perch. So when I went out to cascade, I was like, as much as I'm addicted to my Garmin, like I'm leaving it home. Why would it be such a problem? It spooks him. Uh, I think so. I'm not in any way. Yes, it spooks them. So like, I'm in no way an electronics expert or a Garmin expert. But from what I understand, there's like, instead of like a dual beam or a single beam, there's like so many on this thing. So it's putting out so much noise. And I think at some point that must really start affecting certain types of fish. They've got to detect it. Why sometimes it works and, and you know, and like, so the other thing I think about is when you're boat fishing, it's the most efficient, right? But you can see those fish a long ways away cast at them i'm sure that noise it's putting out isn't nearly as strong or it matters but like ice fishing that's just so much energy straight down the hole you know like that's a lot coming down so i think especially in down mode so i kind of wonder if that's part of the issue was it just last year that you got the the live scope nicole i remember i remember watching you when you whenever you put it out there it was just recently on was it on the first polar craft you had or the most recent one uh, the first. So it's it's been about two years, I would say. Like this fall, it'll be two, it's like a year and a half, I guess, technically. Um, and it was like a game changer. Like I, I bought it for ice fishing, but I find that, and I use it a lot. Obviously, I used it last weekend for ice fishing. But um, I find that it's the most beneficial in the boat because you can cast at those fish, you know? Like it's just crazy. It seems like a lot to have to haul around on the ice, too. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's I, just too much to haul around on the ice sometimes. I thought it was a bigger issue than I thought. But when I got the uh, the Hummingbird 360, that thing is a pain in the butt to deal with. It's like a seven-foot-long shaft compared to the way that your guys is set up. And the screen's not that much smaller on a on a Hummingbird Helix 9 than it is on whatever unit you have. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good – It's I feel like it's – a. Still, especially with the new, uh, I forget, it's the 34, it's their new transducer that's supposed to see clearer and farther. Like, I feel like it's still the top of the, the, from what I've heard from people that are not sponsored, it's still the top in the live game um, compared to Lowrance and Hummingbird. So I think that's, I mean, but I still think live imaging has a long ways to go just because it is not portable at all. That's why it's great on a boat. Well, just looking over your shoulder and your live scope and looking over other shoulders at Mega Live, Live Scope's better. Yeah, it's better. And I'm a hummingbird Good guy. Here. Like I'm a hummingbird guy too. I'm invested all in in hummingbird, and that's going to be an expensive transition. But I know that hummingbird didn't go with like the black box, whatever that means. There's some special black box that Live Scope has that makes it better than Panoptics was. Yeah. So the Mega <laughs> Live doesn't have that. I don't know exactly the details. Maybe I don't know. Pretty soon we'll be able to like X-ray fish and be able to see what. Uh, their DNA is or something from the top of the ice. <laughs> That'll be next. 
So Kristen, <laughs> so Kristen, what do you use then? Because I was just going well, to ask her say to what Kristen. the ice conditions are and where she's at. Oh yeah, we're all stepping over each other. I was just going to say Kristen is very polite that she didn't uh, make fun of me because I'm now seeing that there's a video of her literally pouring whiskey down the fish hole. <laughs> And, uh, well, and, and I, what I was wondering because I was on her website and this is on Facebook and I'm like oh well how about that thanks for not calling me up but uh, <laughs> I was keeping my mouth shut yeah. um, respect. Um, respect I actually in the area we're at in central Wisconsin we have no snow whatsoever it's all melting today we had freezing rain so that was just added on most lakes are just glare ice if you you know so it's we have a three-wheeler and a four-wheeler we use and we have to stud the three-wheeler because it's so glared we have enough now on most lakes you know we fish the winnebago system a lot so winnebago poigan butamore um, and they're really ranging from six to ten but i know towards some areas they're four so you just got to be careful not wander too much most lakes around us have anywhere from six to ten as well and like i said all glare ice so we had a little bit of a dusting of snow over the weekend so things are super slick around us so it's one of those that if you don't have creepers don't even bother going out because you're going to end up on your ass one way or the other um i, I so didn't even take the had- ice clamps out this year did you john no. I haven't seen glare ice at all this well, year. Well, I haven't seen where you can see the ice because there's two feet of snow everywhere over here. It's That's like, just crazy to me. You couldn't you guys... slip if you tried. <laughs> it would take a lot, I'm guessing. Yeah. It's... I slipped and fell on Malax, so I, I'm not one to talk. <laughs> I fell. Nicole watched me just go ass over tea kettle. And. That's Flat the ground. best description ever because every everyone in at least my friend group always knows that I say that when I fall on the ice. Yeah. And well, it's the truth. And John's yep. tea kettle is a lot more separated from his ass too, so yeah. it's a lo- it's a long way to go. It's a solid <laughs> almost 7 foot fall. <laughs> when I hit the ice there's no forgiveness in that. What what part's the tea kettle? <laughs> Is it the well, head? part of the tea kettle, tea kettle hit the ice. Yeah, it's usually my head. I already hit my head once this year and got knocked out. So, oh, on that's ice. terrible. Snow blowing. In fact, it was very dumb. Was it your driveway? It was not. Yeah, it was okay. not my driveway. It's never, never your driveway. It was. It was actually almost to the neighbors down by a manhole cover that was thawing the snow a little bit, which made it super slick. And I turned the fo- snowblower around and smacked my head on the ice. Oh, it's actually sort of humorous because. You know, I, I was laying there for, I assume, some time period, but no one came to bother to even look for me. It's like I could have been out here dead for at least a week before anybody would have noticed. His tea kettle was whistling for a while. Yeah, it was whistling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've heard about uh, Nicole's live scope experience. What do you prefer to use, Kristen? Um, well, the live scope is on our buy list. So if I'm being honest, I've seen hers and, you know, I've seen it a handful of times and I will be purchasing that. However, um, I have a Markham LX7 that I absolutely adore. It's, and it's light cause I have it on a lithium shuttle. So it's easy in, easy out, fits in a bucket. So we run and gun a lot. It's very portable. Um, and it really, we used to have, we still have our old Vexlars. I have a Vex, I mean, you could probably put a Vexlar through World War III and it's still going to run. Um, so we always have that as a backup just in case, you know, and we take our nephews or, you know, family members just to have a backup unit. But my go-to, I go right for the LX7. That makes Tommy really happy. That makes me really happy too. Yep. Tommy just got a Markham last year. 
I was just saying that you can't really beat an MX-7 or LX-7 for just ease of use. And I think the LX-7 is probably the easiest to use out of any unit. Yeah, I agree. And I like the LX-9 as well, just because it has a camera capability, but I have not transferred it onto a lithium shuttle yet. So the bag is a little awkward and I've had some issues with that. So I bought the lithium shuttle to transfer it because I always like to carry a small camera. I'd have the little uh, pursuit to a lot of the time, just in case we come on fish that aren't biting just to see what they are. Um, we get sturgeon, we get sheephead coming under us and it's like, well, I'm not going to sit around and wait for those. So that's crazy that you can tell that sturgeon would be cool because it'd be like a two by four on your graph for half an hour. They just look huge. Yeah. Just cause I mean, the, 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 I'm sure the signal is just so strong. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm a Vexlar guy, so all this stuff just sounds like uh, hocus pocus to me. Didn't you just say you have hummingbird stuff? I have a hummingbird 360 that I have just used like twice, but my flasher is a, uh, a Vexlar. The entire last episode that we recorded was Danny trying to figure out how to screw together his 360 for use on the ice, and it did not work <laughs> out so well. I got it to work finally. <laughs> you got, I it, to work? got it to work. Yeah, right, that's good. I had to uh, buy another cable. But yeah, I've had it out a few times. I'm not sold on it yet. It's uh, it's a lot to have to deal with. I got to use that unit. It worked great. Just plop it down, one scan, you find the school of crappies, you go over and drill holes and fish them. I thought it was a pretty useful tool, but probably not as useful as LiveScope. Here's what I think the future is going to be. You're not going to have all this stuff that you're hauling around. There's not going to be gigantic poles. You'll drill one hole. With a laser. You'll drill one hole, and you'll drop down like five wireless battery-powered drones, and then you'll just be wearing glasses, and they'll be and they'll be patrolling an area that you want it to patrol, and it'll just show you everything. That's what I think the future will be. Okay. And maybe you'll just photograph fish. You won't even catch them with rods and reels anymore. Well, you, you could even get them to like go into like herding mode. They could be like, uh, like sheepdogs. They could herd the fish right over to your hole. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be awesome? I always thought of uh, having a la- a real laser auger, like one that you just put on the ice and it just circles, just melts it, it. Just melts it would be the coolest thing in the world. And you just pull, pull up this little cylindrical cone of ice, and then when you're done fishing, you just plop it. Why back would down there the even hole. be any cone of ice? It would just melt everything. Well, I I thought it would just, just cut a like a little through. Yeah, but then you could like put a little screw and pull the whole thing up, and your hole would be perfectly clean. You could even like make a different like a little fish design or something. All go. I know is that after we buy all this stuff, it's going to be four feet of slush and we won't be able to fish. So <laughs> that's, that's my prediction. That's why boats are better. That's why boats are better. No. Says, says the ice man. Yeah. Says, says the guy that, uh, I think I am actually, I fished more than you have this year, Dan, for the first I time. I bet we're tied. Yeah. I've been out about four or five times. Yeah. I've been out five times for sure. Five times. Not counting the day of Malax. Are you going to finish ahead of me, do you think? Uh, on the pace I am, yeah. You think? Mm. I'm going to Winnipeg in two weeks. You should come. I, are uh, you really? Because so I am, am I. Are you really? When are you going? Uh, it's like a Monday, like a, a 23rd through the 25th. Oh, I'm, and I'm just going to be getting home. So I'm going up the 19th through the 22nd. <laughs> yeah. Who so are you close. going with? Um, I was doing a travel Manitoba thing, so I'll have a friend with me and then, yeah, just going to go promote Blake. <laughs> Are you going out <laughs> with a guide Blake. at all? Um, so yeah, the first day I'm doing, um, 
what is it? I can't remember. It's it's uh, the snow bears up there. It's Matt Hopson. I forget okay. what the snow bear guy is. So I'm doing that day one, which will be really nice. And then DIYing it day two and three. Oh, that's awesome. You've been a few times, haven't you? Yeah, I've been to like, so I've been to Lake Winnipeg a ton. Back before the border stuff, I was there ice fishing all the time. And then I have a couple of really good friends up there and I started open water fishing it like during the fall. And that's even more insane. Well, that's, like, recommend. that's a risk though. I mean, if you drive up there, you might not get on the water. Well, there's like the, the red, so you can always do the red river, which is insane. Um, but yeah, we did heck a lot. So that would be the North, like, like when it's huge, but it's a long ways North and West of, Oh, you went Winnipeg. all the way up there, huh? So Hecla, yeah. So it's wow. like I don't, I don't, don't quote me on how far we would go. Like an hour and a half that way. So then we fished that. So if you Google Hecla, you got everyone would see where that's at on Lake Winnipeg, and that was crazy fishing. And then also the red, which is crazy. Did you see any of the commercial boats out there, the commercial walleye fisher people? Oh, oh, did we lose it? We were talking. Oh, she cut off for Can a second. Can you hear me there. now? Yeah, we're back. It's my Wi-Fi. Um. When we were there, we were talking to them, but I didn't. I didn't like actually see their boats out there. But they're they, I mean, huge. It's, it's like an operation. It's crazy. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, then they the nets out there are crazy. I was gonna so, say like, they co- still commercial fish that pretty hard too with like ships. Yeah, like not boats, like ships. They have nets everywhere, so that's there. Like I think they have like limits on the nets now. I don't know the details of it, but I mean, we were when we were around, like the whole thing was just boating around all their nets because <laughs> they're everywhere up on that part. So crazy. we're going to, we're going to be out of Selkirk. I don't know if you've ever stayed there before, but yeah. Are you staying at the Canalta? Yeah. Canalta. That's my joint. Nice. That's is that where everyone that. stays? The Canalta Inn is ridiculously nice. Like you're in the middle of nowhere and then you have this nice hotel. Well, that's because yeah. you have a lot of fishermen with that coming up with disposable incomes. Yeah. We always yeah. go with Donovan Pierce. I don't know if you've ever fished with him before. I've not, but I've heard of him from numerous people. Yeah, so he does his operations called Blackwater Cats Outfitters. And uh, so he fishes in the summertime on the Red River for catfish. And and then in the wintertime, he guides for, for walleye. And uh, he's just super good. He's, he, he guides our, our church men's retreat. We go up there every year and just a blast. And it's such a different wild fishery. It's so, it's so fun. No, I've heard really good things. Uh, obviously, I, I know the lake is incredible, but then also... I've heard really good things about Donovan, so that's awesome. Oh, he's he's yeah, he's very good. He's a really good dude. We had him on the show a couple of years ago. Um, one thing I did hear about it though, Nicole, I don't know if you've heard any reports, is that there's a lot of uh, dead stick bite this year, like live minnow dead stick, like like big minnow. Wow. I would assume big minnows. I don't just live. They if you go to the bait store in in Winnipeg, they have a bucket that says minnows. That's what you get. There's, there's no, they don't sort. You get minnows. I'm here for minnows. You can get liveies or you can get salties. I just know when I went to Canada in the last bait shop that I went, I bought bait and it was whatever, $100 for bait. And then I handed them a $100 American bill and they got all giggly and then handed me a bunch of loonies and toonies back and then like $30 in Canadian money, which I couldn't spend anywhere because the area of... Uh, Ontario that I travel to doesn't take Canadian money, especially if you're an American. What? No. That's weird. It was <laughs> use your credit card. It, yeah. There was no credit card. It was all cash. The whole thing it was very strange. That's bizarre. They saw you coming from. Oh yeah, they were a like thousand look kilometers away. <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> Even I'm though still it, laughing at you. Yeah, yeah. Two of them probably thought I was Canadian. 
Have you been to Winnipeg, Kristen? I have actually with Nicole. That was um, the first time I ever met her. We had met on social media and finally decided to plan a trip together. So my husband and I, then a fiance went up to her in Fargo and met her and Matt, her husband, and drove up the next day. And I was able to land uh, 28 and a half that first day or second day with Nicole. So it was a really, really cool trip, really special experience. And I will say Canadians are the nicest people I have ever come in contact with. It was like concerning how nice they were. Yeah, it's not a myth. Okay, here's it's my real. here's my not Canadian niceness story because we found this to be the most bizarre thing at the shop. We had two Canadians order fishing rods. Very similar names, very similar rods, both commanders. We sent them up and flipped the orders around. These guys were no joke, like six hours away. And we called them and we're like, hey, we screwed up. We'll pay for it. And then both of them are like, nah, 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 nah. We'll just meet each other. <laughs> they drove like three hours apiece, met each other, swapped rods, and then drove back. But I'm like, no Americans would ever do this. Ever. There, there's no, there's no, there was the most Canadian thing ever. And they, you know, and it's like, we looked at the distance and we're like, there's no way they're going to make this. This is the longest trip I've ever seen to just be nice to someone and have two people be nice to someone. Oh my gosh. They are the nicest. So like one time, this is quite a few years ago, me and my husband were up there fishing. We have some friends and stuff and they all left. Um, they were Canadians. And so we were just going to go out ourselves and trucks driving up there is common, but it's like, there's a lot of, like there was a ton of snow. So we on our way back, it all blew in and we were scared we weren't going to make it. So like we, there was like all these stuck trucks and we just kept driving by them. Cause I was like, honey, don't stop. If we stop, we're going to get stuck. Let's just keep going. Well, like that was the worst thing I could have said because it didn't take us long. And then we were stuck. And like the whole time all I could think about was I passed all these people that wanted us to pull them out so we could get off the lake. And now we're stuck. And literally these people came and pulled like every vehicle stopped that we passed to help pull us out. American <laughs> versus Canadian. So I ate my I ate my words on that one. It was really they're just so nice. That's awesome. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're a different breed of people. I think it's do you think it's because they have to survive a little harder? It's I mean it's not the nicest environment up there. I think everyone just kind of like knows that your stuff is gonna break and it's gonna be terrible conditions and you're gonna get stuck somewhere. Probably, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure it's part of that. Yeah, I think honestly though it's Tim Hortons, if I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> First of all I still order the coffee off Amazon four years later because I am addicted and I'm like, this is, they snort Tim Hortons. There is no other way. But have you eaten at Tim Hortons? Yes. The food is not impressive. No, their egg sandwiches are not. Coffee. Coffee, whole different, whole different ballpark. I I don't fall on that sword. I'm not a coffee drinker. It is great coffee. The food is not good. Cause I just, I, when I went to Canada one time we stopped at McDonald's and I had to use their touch menu because I couldn't read French. <laughs> and I just ordered what I thought was a breakfast sandwich. And it came and it was like a loaf of bread with Canadian bacon, bacon. From and Tim ham. Horton? No, from McDonald's. Oh, yeah. But it was the greatest thing ever. And I don't know. And just covered in gravy. I <laughs> <laughs> All poutine. <laughs> I couldn't pick that option. That's hilarious. Yeah. When you go up there, Nicole, do you... Do you drive the truck out on the ice or do you just plan on being in your snowmobile? 
I think this year I'll just take my sled since I'm set up so well. But before we took the truck, I mean, and we had like the smartest thing you can do if you're going to really be like be really good at like Winnipeg and understand transportation. All that is just make friends with the locals. And one of the first or second times I went out, we actually met in Selkirk on the red and we were going 50 miles an hour out of the red river onto the lake and all i could like it's something that i would never dream of doing here you know like you don't drive your truck on a river that's like a death sentence but that's exactly how they would get out and everyone has a path like driven on and and then everyone is racing to get out to their spots at that point like everyone goes in a line they go as fast as they freaking can down the river get out to the main lake and then everyone just rushes to the spot they want. And that was how we just jumped in line. And they had a whole caravan. It was one of the most wild things. So yep. like we drove out a lot like that. And that was, yeah, I mean, you can make friends with the locals in your set because they know exactly what they're doing, what's safe. Um, but then now I think just because I have such a good setup, I'll just take the snowmobile because I don't have to worry about drifting in or anything. It is. It's so weird up there. No roads. Just hopefully you don't get stuck. And if you do, the guy behind you will pull you out. It's, yeah. it's very weird. As long as they're Canadian and not, <laughs> not American. You just drive right by and <laughs> yeah. roll down the window. The last time we the, were up uh... there, the last time we were up there, the Canadian army had a outpost set up right on the mouth of the red and the, and Winnipeg. And they were doing winter drills. And, uh, one of the guys hauling one of the big, like deuce and a half, uh, army trucks hit one of our vehicles, like he backed up oh. into it and hit it. And uh, the commanding officer came over and he's like, well, you just won the lottery. We'll pay you whatever this is worth plus double it or something crazy like that. And he, he got like way more money than he should have gotten out of this deal from getting hit by the army. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's I'm really, a good day. really sorry about that. Yeah, so, really, super sorry. Sorry about so, that. Sorry about that dentary. Sorry, Canadian people. We apologize for that. Yeah, uh, that was a dig. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more. I want to find out how you guys have figured out how to amass 200,000 followers on Facebook combined because... That's like half the state. That's, that's like the half of uh, Winnipeg's population for the entire year. more than two year. times the Iceman's following. <laughs> we need, we're no more than 200 times the Iceman's <laughs> yeah, following. Like two times, <laughs> like 2,000 times. Yeah. So I, I want to find a little bit more about the secret for that, for, for my self-jealousy. This is Dan from the Iceman coming to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. We are about halfway through this ice season, John. It is going fast. And if you want to get your hands on a rod, now is the time to be on the Tuned Up Custom Rods website. We're putting new rods in stock all the time, and always there's the option for ordering a custom rod. And all of the month of January, we are running a sale. So make sure you stop over tunedupcustomrods.com and use the promo code Iceman to save yourself 10%. And if you are looking for the best cooler on or off the ice, check out Maluna. They are built right here in Minnesota. They are super strong. They work good for keeping your stuff thawed out. I personally know. Uh, used it all weekend. 
Use the code ICEMEN for a percentage off on your cooler. Sorry. 15% <laughs> off in your cooler. And then if you are getting into the panfish mode, Freedom Baits has awesome baits for panfish. Um, Hand-poured, high-quality plastics built for every kind of scenario that you could think of. They have big plastics, small plastics, everything. Use the code for Icemen for 10% off on your next order. And John and I had a chance to be up at Ice Camp this last weekend. Ice Camp Outfitters, guys, this is the place to be if you want to spend the night or a couple of nights up on Lake Mille Lacs in comfort and right on top of the best schools of fish out there, Ice Camp Outfitters. Go to icecampoutfitters.com. When you're booking, make sure you mention the uh, ice bin or use the promo code. Save yourself a little bit on your booking. And, man, that is the place to be if you're out on Mille Lacs. R.I.P. Jeff Beck. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) I would just jump it in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, John. Dan. Tom. Present. Kristen. Hello. Nicole. Here. And I'm Dan. Welcome back. Thank you guys for being here again tonight. We really appreciate this. This is, uh, this is a fun conversation. So just before we went to break, I, can't, I cannot fathom how you can amass this many people who follow you guys on social media. So tell me all your secrets. <laughs> I'd like to recreate it. Not all at once. And dead silence. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> we don't know. Silence. They're like, well, actually, we paid these people in India to do this? No. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your, your largest demographic is uh, Dubai or something. So, all right. So I guess the first question is, so how long have you been active on, on like Facebook? Because that's the, that's the account I'm looking at here. So Kristen, how long have you, is your Facebook account been active? I think like 2017 ish. I've had it since. That's not Roughly. crazy long. 2017. No. Shoot. I, yeah. I joined Facebook in like 2007. I think she's talking about like her public my, page. Yeah, oh. my public page. Uh, no, I started my personal one like, gosh, 2000, 2002, somewhere in there. I feel like I feel old. Well, okay. Did you start Facebook? And uh, this will date some of us. Did you have to have a college or a university email? That was when I started it. You oh, no. Mine was before. Mine was before that. I oh. was like a child. Really original friend of Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah. Uh, you have no, two friends, I Mark Zuckerberg. On and MySpace, I was probably one of the OGs. Whoa, you just dated yourself a little I bit. I know. MySpace is... My kids asked oh. me a question if you could have a Facebook or social media profile that had music behind it. I was like, like MySpace? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh... Yeah. Well, that's, that says to me that you're an early adopter then. Yeah. If, you're, if you've been on it that long, Kristen. So this is something that uh, you, yeah. you've put a lot of time into. Well, I didn't start the, you know, I had my personal one and I, you know, I still have my personal one. But then I decided, you know, once I started having kind of a little bit of a following on Instagram to transfer over. and Because it's a definitely different age group, Facebook versus Instagram versus TikTok, you know, they're all different age groups. So I was like, I might as well throw it out there and get a Facebook. And it wasn't the first year, second year it gained traction. And then one year it just kind of blew up. So oh, I'm going to ask you a question because I don't, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to say I'm a litter with technology, but Nicole might say different otherwise. <laughs> 
I'm just not saying a word on yeah. that one. Yeah, it's more of like it, it's the Hulk smash hands trying we to all, operate a phone. We all know. We all know. Okay, so TikTok <laughs> demographic is, I assume, younger than Instagram or yeah. Facebook's the old guys. Yeah. That's at least in my experience what I've noticed. Facebook is definitely the older generation. Yeah. Um, Instagram is kind of that mid to upper. And then I want to say TikTok really is that younger demographic. Um, in my experience, again, everybody has different experiences. And there's some, like some TikToks I've followed and seen, they're 70, 80 year olds. And some Facebook I've got. Yeah. 12 year olds. So, so where does Instagram crossover. reels fit into that? Is that like the TikTok for people who don't want to go on TikTok? Um, yeah, that's a lot of it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a lot of that's really what it is. That's, that's me. I don't have TikTok. Yeah, I had TikTok for a while. I made one TikTok video and then I deleted my account. I think. I'm actually not sure. The Chinese, the Chinese government knows everything about you now, yeah. so it doesn't matter. And all, all it was, I said, a tw- <laughs> I, I said a twelve pack of, yep. of white claws in my front yard, and then took a picture of all my neighbor women that came over and <laughs> demolished them. And I said, "Look at the cougars in their natural habitat." And my wife told me it was embarrassing because my wife found it. She didn't. She didn't actually know I posted it. She's like, "I can't believe you did this." She goes, "And I can't believe it looked so good." And I'm like, eh. "It's just." I literally thought it was funny. I feel like that should have had a lot of views because that's really funny. <laughs> the cougars in their natural environment. Yeah, it probably exists still. Oh, have I'm you sure. looked it up? I, I don't know. And I got to <laughs> open up TikTok or TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok, same diff. I had to delete same it because thing. my kids play with my phone. And every time you go on TikTok, it seems like there's things that pop up that. I'm, I'm actually trying to think of where, where the other apps are on my phone. That's terrible. Riveting. Radio, riveting radio. John searching his phone (laughs) as I open it up. Yeah, right. That's exactly what it is. Like you haven't been on it in six years. You pull it up, and all of a sudden, there's a half naked person sitting there. You're like, how? I can't have my kids use my phone if this on here. I don't know what she's selling, but I have I have a lot of friend and message. It says I'm not even signed it. John's in the rabbit hole now. Oh my, he's gone down. Dear Lord, all right, we're gonna have to work out with we're gonna have to work without John for a little bit here. I'll just turn his mic off. Yeah, he's gone. I have 649 views on that video and 61 followers from that one video. Look at you go. Social media star in the making. You're very tech savvy. The last time I logged in was November of 2020. (laughs) The early days. Well, the early days. That's not. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It was just tick back then. Wasn't wasn't tick. (laughs) Wow. Oh my. Was it like some dance app? What was it before TikTok? What Christian? You got to know. It was some. well, there I was didn't Vine. Know it was a different name. There was Vine <laughs> yeah. for a while. Is that kind of yeah, the same thing? Yeah, that might have. Yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Okay, so Nicole, what about you? What advice do you have for growing a social media follower or following? So, right? Facebook is definitely my favorite because it's not like Instagram is all video now, like you know, t- reels, and then TikTok is just people dancing and singing and more video. Um, Facebook is all about community, so like. For me, for my best advice, if someone wants to grow a Facebook page, takes a long time, but like respond to everyone, like just make everyone feel special, like post. And if you have one person comment, respond. If you have two people comment, you know, respond and then like be super relatable because it grows over time. And so that worked really well for me for a long time. And then Facebook reached out and made me a media partner for like I still am technically. 
Um, so then they'd have like meetings with me every month-ish to talk about how to keep me on the platform and like what strategies are currently working. And almost all of them with Facebook are disengagement related. Where Instagram and TikTok are so much like viral videos and stuff like that right now. So That's pretty cool that they reached out to you. Do you remember when Google reached out to us as a company and I kept hanging up on them because I thought it was a fake ad? Yeah, they were giving, they were offering (laughs) us free Google ad services for like two years. Why didn't you take those? I hope you know how expensive Google ads are. They are astronomically more expensive. Oh, this was like, this was like, I don't know, six months before, before you came on board and John and I looked at each other like. (laughs) I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, I would literally, the guy would call and he's like, I'd like to offer you guys, you know, like two months of Google ads. I'm like, dude. Well, I, I took the meeting. I met with oh, the Oh, yeah, because I, I hung up on him like, I don't know. <laughs> I bet 90 times. Like, I'm sure he was like, what is with this guy? He just like answers his phone, listens to my spiel, and then just hangs up. <laughs> well, and the guy was as nice as he can be. He's like, we're going to, you know, set you up with Google ad search. We're going to set you up with ads here and put you in front of people's YouTube videos and and I was like ah, I don't know if we can handle it yeah. you know maybe call back I in a year <laughs> <laughs> well, it's be- it better than me just hanging up on the poor guy he's trying to like get like legit you know and I'm like ah, I'm not interested and he's like no this is not a paid service I'm like I'm not interested I don't they, they I don't picked even know us because of our because of people searching for us they're like this is a good company to promote let's let's work with these guys yeah we're not interested in your help Google what do you know <laughs> We can do it ourselves. Well, and he had a little bit of an accent, so I do have to admit I didn't understand him for the longest time. So I, I literally kept hanging up on the guy, and I'm sure he's like just trying to do his job. He was very nice, uh, super nice once Dan talked to him. But we're not, we're not, free Google money. We're not, we're not pros, Nicole. Would that be in your one of your not not to choose on how to grow a social media presence is to not hang up on Google? Yeah, don't ignore Google. Yeah. When the big guys call, don't hang up on them. Yeah, I took a call with Facebook too, John. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I hung up on that lady a bunch of times too. Because first of all, I thought when Facebook, she's like, "Oh, hey, I'm so and so from Facebook." I'm like, "Yeah, right." Click, and you know, and then it calls back. I'm like, "Oh, maybe this is legit." I'll, I'll answer it in a little while. But uh, I always think they're fake. I always think they're like spam calls. They yeah, call- they. The ads people call a lot. So there's like the organic, there's like the organic connection, which is like they work with influencers like me and Christian to build the, to to just keep you on board so your fans don't leave, right? And then there's like the ads group. So the ads people call a lot too for a lot of different clients and they get really pushy because they want to give you all these free offerings, at least Facebook I'm talking about right now. But then they give you all these free, this free offering in hope that then you're going to turn around and do a huge ad spend. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they can get pushy if that's what you're referring to. Cause I've definitely been pushed by them quite a bit too. Like, Hey, let's yeah. work together more. And then it's like, you can't really understand the person that well. And yeah, that's what I'm, it was. I'm the worst target market for that because well, you had me take the call. Yeah. And I, I literally just push it off to somebody else. And then and I was say, sitting, hey. I was sitting at my desk at school You know, I got kids silent reading around me and all of a sudden my, my, uh, uh, caller ID just says Facebook. Yes, that's what I remember. I was, I was like, like, oh, this is like a Ponzi scheme. Like, like, I'm going down. I'm like, this is kind of <laughs> neat. I'm pretty important. Facebook is calling me. Because I don't know if I should tell anyone this. My fantasy is to take down Facebook for like a couple hours, maybe a couple months. Dude, just, what are you just, doing? You're just, on the air. Just, on, just to tell my wife that I took down Facebook. What are you doing? Yeah. 
So then she doesn't look at all her stupid recipes put that, and stuff. Put that also in the list on how not to grow yeah, followers. Yeah, bad growing, bad growth. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to help anybody. No. Just, <laughs> I just want to pause it for a little bit because I think it'd be... Just you turn know. your phone off. Oh, I do turn my phone off. Turned it off on Friday. It was weird. Well, I think we should say for full disclosure, in case people are not aware, if you follow the tuned up social media sites, so our, our Instagram and our Facebook, that is all managed by Nicole and her team. And the level of professionalism has seen a marked improvement since the keys were taken away from me. Which <laughs> you were kind of like driving a three ruler on the ice with no studs. Well, John hung up on everyone, and he's like, "I don't know what to do." And I'm like, "Just let me do this because you know it's nothing's happening." And then I start posting stupid memes, and people liked it. I mean, we got followers. And then uh, we didn't post anything for about three months. And then Nicole reached out and she's like, you know, that's not really good business practice. <laughs> and uh, shocking. We, we build fishing rods. I'm good at building fishing rods. I'm not good at social media branding myself. It's been evident. Yeah. But it's been much, it's been much better, Nicole. I mean, I want to grow a mullet and drive around an 85 Mustang. That, that sounds like a good life. Our people reached in the last uh, 30 days is up 97%, John. Thanks, Nicole. Yay. That's awesome. Good. Good you know what? Consistency goes a long way. It's just post every day. Give people something new every day, and you'll just reach more and more people. Well, and I think I'm, I'm not going to separate. I think uh, men's social media appetite and women's social media like the ability to produce content seems to be completely different. Like what I go and look for social media, I don't, I don't think I'm seeking anything in social media. I'm, I'm, I think my brain is just trying to find a way to not be so busy. But uh, yeah. yeah, and it's just, it's, it's just different. You guys just understand it better. Boy, we are super heavily skewed men to women. It's like, what is it right now? Facebook, it's 90.3% men and Instagram, it's 91.3%. That's way better than it used to be. Is that tuned up that's, or is that the Iceman? That's tuned up. Okay. That's pretty common. Like that's mm-hmm. really common um, for the fishing world. I would say like my, and as a female influencer, it's like an 80-20 split. And that I'm a female influencer. It's 80% men and 20% women. But like think about who fishes, you know? I mean, as much as we'd love to see how much the female demographic has exploded which it completely has it's still a very male dominant sport you know so, so for the iceman that way for the iceman it's 81 percent men so yeah, that's good we're close we're, we're moving closer we're doing better until this episode our wives are sharing it i think is what's happening <laughs> yeah thanks <Annie. laughs> this, i think this yeah. all this demographic stuff and all the analytic stuff is fascinating it is. It's good to know. It is. The, the analytics are wild. Actually, I think the whole tracking of the whole industry is wild where you can see people like behind the scenes on Google, like click, how do they click through your website? How do they land on uh-huh. your page? It's, it's a little disturbing, but it's, you know, it's useful information. It's just people don't realize how not private their world is sometimes. Right. And, Absolutely. Well, and then, a lot of that data is actionable, you know, you can plan around it and, and target it. That's where it starts to feel kind of weird. Well, it's, it's, it's sometimes when I I think of something like I'm thinking, Hey, I need to go get this. I'm going to say it, a hummingbird live chart chip. 
I it's going to pop up now. It, yes. I guarantee it's going to pop up. And actually it did last night. Um, one of the guys at the shop here said it, that he was looking for a new uh, chip. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It popped up and I'm going to go buy one tomorrow because somebody has one on sale and it was a good price. It's like that's uh, ex- <laughs> exactly what they thought it was going to do. And it worked perfectly for me. What is that oh, called, yeah. Nicole, where they where you, they find, they listen to your searches and then they Decepti- populate? Decepticons. No, there's a word. Is that, is that what the pixel Retarget. thing is? Retarget. Yeah, so like they don't, I've never heard anyone claim voice recognition on that, but I have no doubt there's something. Uh, but it retargeting is huge. The site, they pin you, like they, they hit you, and then what they do is they keep throwing ads at you. So, like, that's what a pixel does. So, it's just retargeting. So, when someone goes and puts a raw, and you can choose how you want it to happen, you can just do someone visit the website, we're going to hit them with a different piece of content. Or, someone, you can go as far as like conversions where you're seeing someone hit the cart. Like they're going into the cart and then you're going to keep hitting them to get a conversion. Cause you saw that they had that rod in the cart. They didn't buy, but we know that we can retarget that individual to try to push them a little bit farther through that funnel. And that's what's happening. So every time you go to a website, most e-commerce sites have it pixeled so they can keep hitting you with stuff. So they like one time you might get like this ad for this product on sale. And then one time you might get like a video ad with someone that you might recognize advertising the product and then you don't even realize it. And now you're getting a photo of it. That's a lifestyle. And all of a sudden you're like thinking more and more that you need this item, you know, then there's another sale and then boom, someone buys, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of how it goes. So my wife, my wife took a new role recently where she's in e-commerce for a, a large outdoor rec company. And I, when I'm home in the summers, cause I'm a teacher, she'll be having her, work calls or whatever, and I can hear them. And it is unbelievable the amount of corporate planning that goes into getting people to buy stuff online. It's incredible. It's wild what you can do if you want to do it. It's absolutely wild. I mean, you can just do basic traffic ads and just throw it out there to your followers or retarget your Facebook or whatever. But like when you really want to get crazy with it, it's like disturbing. It's disturbing. It's great for a brand. It's disturbing for the individual because everything you do is being tracked unless you have a VPN. And even Apple, who was like all about privacy and all this, I've noticed there was some stuff in the the news regarding like them no longer, them getting sued or something because they weren't actually doing it. That's how much they're grabbing everything you're doing. Everything. And all these companies are, everywhere you go, they're grabbing your data and using it a million ways. It's terrible, but it's also great for sales, you know? And... I mean, as a consumer, I kind of like having not to spend as much energy looking for things. I just want them to tell me what I want. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where am I going to spend my money today? Well, I would I just, want like, them to tell me it's like shooting fish in a barrel there, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very effective, John. You should know your register has uh, started my cart on fire a few times. Yeah, Dan has a natural habit of buying stuff in here. I'm like, hey, Dan, look, check this rod out. And I'm like, oh, there's a, it was the wrong color. And he goes, sweet. He walks up to the register, rings himself out. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, I just decided to buy it. I like the color. I think I'm the only employee that you have where you would lose money if you fired me. Yeah, actually, I think it would be a financial disaster for me to fire you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You should just work for product. Oh, wait, we're not going to do yeah, that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. We can't do that. 
Okay, so we hear my, my what I'm hearing from you both is that being natural and being uh, responsive and being consistent. That's how you grow. Yeah, that's good yep. advice. That's very very good advice for social media people. There's a lot of people who would love to have more of an influence in the industry. I think there's a lot of good people out there that are are gaining some popularity and you know. Just more of getting them their names out there. Well, so right like now. the girl who won our Freedom Bates Mega Pack just recently, Chloe Tyson. Yes. So she's you. You actually met her her dad, um, Nicole, uh, at the iShow two years ago. I know it's bizarre. Oh. So he's a friend of mine, and he was there, and we saw you at the DSG booth, and he's like, "Can you can I get you to sign this for my daughter?" Anyways, so yeah, Chloe Tyson. She's like, I don't know, fourteen, I think. Yeah, and she actually, I dropped the package off at her house because it wasn't too far out of my way where I was traveling for Christmas. And she thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. But she's doing a lot of the things that you both are doing. Mm-hmm. She's got her social pages. She's posting pictures and videos and and she's hustling. She's out there working at it. It's cool. Good yeah. for her. And I actually, awesome. I really like the content that the the people that are kind of naturally providing. It's It seems to be good content and... Some of it's pretty informative. Some of these newcomers that are really kind of changing the game of fishing and how stuff looks um, versus taking photos on an iPhone 2 and posting them, it's 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 very refreshing to me. That, that was what I was going to say. I think, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think that it would be quality of your content that's out there. Even though you're consistent, you need to have good stuff because there's so much out there and people are just going to skip through the crap mostly. And look for the quality content. Yeah, or the advice content. I know Nicole, you share a lot of advice on yours. Um, Kristen, you just catch giant fish that are weird looking. Some of them. <laughs> there was one like it was like a, a gar. So I don't know. It looked. I was like, what in the world is that? Did you see the book she shot this year? I no. I don't want. She catches talk bigger about fish, shoots bigger deer. She just lives in the wrong state. Yeah. No, I live in Wisconsin. I don't consider that the wrong state. I'm from the wrong state. Oh, you're. That's what oh, I'm going. No. For. No, I, I, I was talking about Wisconsin. I, I, I knew oh, what no. I was saying. Oh, no. I'm sorry, but I came to Minnesota and spent $20 on shiners. I'm staying here where they're $4 a dozen. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so, wow. All right. I'm not going to keep fighting she, this She fight. has absolutely 100% uh, truth in that, that our shiner minnows are super expensive. Oh, highway yes, robbery. Are. And then bush light. I couldn't find a 30 pack. I had to settle for a 24. What is that? And, and I couldn't even get it in the gas station. Yeah. Can't, can't get it in the gas station. Did I steal your joke, no. Tommy? And you can't get yeah. the 48 oh, yeah. pack of Keystone to 24s. Oh, wow. <laughs> they used to do it at the college uh, gas station where I went to school at. They'd duct tape two 24s together and <laughs> call it a 48. And invariably everyone would buy one because it was funny. It was remember, probably more expensive too. Remember oh, when Mickey bought the 96 pack of uh, Kirkland beer? <clears throat> oh yeah. For our, <laughs> that was so much beer. <laughs> and that is the grossest beer in the world. Bush lattes are not any better, but Kirkland beer is uh, like the, Definitely better. I'm sorry, but I will die on that sword. How are you Although not, Keystone Ice is pretty good. How are you not a Natty, natty Ice girl? That's the Wisconsin I'm beer. Just, eh, uh, not, I mean, it's okay, but definitely not my preference. That's because she's not really from Wisconsin. That's true. There you when, go. You, when you're born there, you get to pack a natty lights with your uh, hospital hospital giveaway, <laughs> like the little blanket and stuff. Okay, so since you two are both from very different places, I'm going to ask you this question. I'll ask no. Nicole first. Gray this is, duck, this is gonna have gray nothing, duck? No, no, this oh. is going to have nothing to do with it. This is a silly question. Nicole, what's your favorite gas station slash convenience store? 
Oh, did she just go there? Is she at the? <laughs> you there, Nicole? Hello. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Favorite gas station slash convenience store. Uh, you can do chain if you'd like, Nicole. I don't know. I can't even think of it. The only one that comes to mind is Casey's because they're all over the place. Yes. Not even up here. I don't even think they're up here that much, but like back in Fargo, they were all over the place. And Widina. Now, Kristen, um, if you don't have the same answer that I expect you to have, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. Yeah. I know what answer, the answer she is. Has. The answer is Quick Trip, and yes. all other answers are wrong. Absolutely. Yep. Quick Trip is superior in every way. In every uh, way, shape, form, no, gas no, station. Every Casey's way, yeah. breakfast pizza, there's nothing that will top that. No. You're wrong. You're wrong. No. Have you ever had it? Have you ever had Quick Trip? Anything? Yeah. Everything is better except for Casey's breakfast pizza. I will die on that sword. Kristen, do you have the Quick Quick Trip rewards card? I just got it because I didn't know it was a thing. They kept asking. I'm like, it's a credit card. I don't need another one of those. It's like the Target and then Red finally card. finally I realized it was a rewards card. I'm like, well, I'm an idiot. I should have done this a long time ago because I would have gotten... I mean, the amount we visit Quick Trip. I mean, I'm sure they know me by name now. You get five percent off your order. It's like a it's like a debit card. It's like but you, you get five percent off gas. Everything, John. Really? And then you get rewards and discounts after that. It is Quick Trip is by far and Superior. away the best brand. But Quick ever. Trip is a where is Quick Trip located? La Crosse, Wisconsin. Exactly. So the founder. Here's an interesting fact that you learn if you go to school in Winona State University. Quick Trips. Uh, philosophy or their motto was that they were never going to build a, f- a store that was more than 200 miles from their distribution hub which is just a one-day trip for a truck because they, that was the because the they wanted everything to be fresh yeah but now i think they might have built a different distribution hub because they're starting to creep further north is there a cat i'm hearing a cat i, I hope to god there's yeah, a cat okay. otherwise one of you just meowed or it tommy's the, it could be the baby it, it could, could be, be the baby. baby it could be tommy's tummy stomach tummy. my tummy my tummy's talking yeah it's my cat i just hear i just hear a, a rumble <laughs> yeah nicole when you come down to the cities if you get this way you got to stop at a quick trip I've been to one. They are amazing. They are. But I do we have many? In, just by the cities, we just have a few, right? Yeah, so because, not like any up north. Because they won't build more than 200 miles away from their distribution center. Well, why don't they just build a distribution center up here? That would be perfect. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't soon. I'm surprised they don't sell minnows or something like that. They do sell live bait. Oh, they do? Not, they do. Not yeah. minnows, but they'll sell, they sell waxies. They sell worms. Oh. Every I'm, one of them. I got to get some butter worms for the weekend, speaking of picking bait up. I don't know what a butterworm is. Butterworm is like a waxy on steroids. It's so just a worm. No, just but a- it's a wax, like a wax worm that's like six times the size of a wax worm. That sounds butter- really gross. Yo, know, they're disgusting. What does it become? Like a horsefly? I have never left them in the fridge that long. Have you ever had your your waxies turn into flies? Uh, I had a puck a couple of years ago that I went to open, and it was buzzing did it just scare the shit out of you when they blew up in your face i don't know i just threw the puck away <laughs> i was like i'm not whatever's in here is does not need to be released i've seen it once and it was the funniest thing i ever saw my buddy opened up his bait puck after like a whole season and it just flies flew out at him <laughs> nope i just i wonder if that's why i get black flies once in a while in the basement Gosh, <laughs> that's gross chad <laughs> every once in a while i have one roll around what just Sneaking out of the, the pucks. Oh, they're so disgusting. Or if you leave, actually, I, I shouldn't say this, but I hit from our Mille Lacs trip, I kind of forgot about my angle bait cooler. And there's a couple minnows in there that have been fr- frozen and thawed a few times. But I mm. opened it up 
last night, which is almost a week a week of melding, and it was like minnow soup in there. Ugh. And I had to rinse it out in the laundry tub, and I was like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Don't come in here." She's like, "No, what are you what are you doing? What's that white cloth?" I'm like, "That's the minnow net, and don't come in here. It smells like dead fish." Then they're trying to like pick up the little minnow guts. And, ugh. I came close to throwing my angle away a few times. Just like, yeah, this Story is just going away. Life. This is just going away. <laughs> yeah, I probably should get a new one. Then one time it was so bad I rinsed it out with bleach, like because it was bad. So I clean it with bleach, right? And then I and then I soaked it in baking soda for like three days. So all the bleach was dead, right? But you could still smell it. And I lent it to a friend of mine who took it up to Malax, and he went to the he went to the bait store. I think he went to Tuts. And the guy refused to put bait in it. He's like, I can't put bait in this. It's going to kill everything. <laughs> he was super embarrassed. Then just give me a bag and let me put it in there. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Okay, Kristen, if you had to choose, would you prefer to ice fish or open water fish or something else? Oh. Oh, because you, you could pick hunting or something like she that. She could. Yeah, she could. Uh, I'm a fisher woman, but I... I, you know, I get asked that question a lot, and I honestly can't pick because there's positives to every one. I mean, we love trout fishing, we love open water, we love frogging and ice fishing. And so I really can't pick. It's just dependent on my mood and the season. I mean, I feel like there's kind of a time and place for each one. Wait, so you're content. Time out. You said frogging. Are we talking like gigging frogs and like you, no, you no. roast them over a fire? Oh. You should see some of the videos that she's got. It's hilarious. There's one where... It must be your boyfriend sets the hook and almost takes you out. It's awesome. Yeah, that that would be the one. You've never you've never fished frogs with Chris or I. It's like full combat. I hooked a beaver two years ago frogging. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. We, yeah, my I, fishing partner and I we've had some close calls too. You have to wear sunglasses while frogging. It's a dangerous sport. It is. It's absolutely dangerous. And I've actually hooked my own butt before. Like, <laughs> Sorry, that I is mean, a heck of a to cheek. That's a super hook set. If you did that. Yeah. Did you yeah, get it I, out or did you have to go to the hospital? Oh, no, thankfully it was not too bad and I had shorts on. So it was just, you know, in the shorts, but through, but it, I felt it, but thankfully it was, you know, one of those hollow body where the hooks kind of get, you know, set in so they're not protruding. So it wasn't as bad. Yeah. I've, I've hooked myself in some pretty awkward places before, but yeah, never in the butt. Sounds like bed day. No, I would not. It'd be hard to get out, especially if you're alone. Yeah. All right. How about you, Nicole? Do you have a preference uh, of open or open water or ice water? Um. Probably just to, you know, in fall, like you just all you want to do is ice fish. It's just all you can think about because you're so over open water. And then by like February, it starts to flip the other way. <laughs> like all you can think about is how nice it would be. To be in your boat and be able to just move around in the warm weather and not drill 500 holes, like, that's me. It just, you know, late ice, I'm over it. Fall fishing, I start to get over it. And that's pretty much the cycle. I've had a real hankering for the boat lately. Well, that's already. Our, our already, ice is yeah. just, if you tried to dare go on our ice right now, you'd, you'd know why. It's so flushy, huh? Nicole, when do you usually target the rainy river? Two times. So typically during ice out, which usually falls in March, you know, end of March or beginning of April, depending on the year. And then also October. So end of October, it's 
phenomenal. And most people are still on fishing. They're all hunting, right? Or getting ready to hunt that first week in November and end of October. And the fishing is amazing both times. If you ever picked one time, do the fall because there's way less boats. And I'm like, typically there are times when it gets busy down there uh, or up there, but um, do the fall because I just think they, I just think it's better between the two for sure. I would really like to try that. Yeah, it can be phenomenal. And obviously it depends on like, I think the biggest factor on success because the shiners always seem to run. Um, I think it's water level that makes a big difference because the one year me and my husband got like eight over 25 and we fished for a day and a half. It was, the river was so high and the big fish were just funneling through there like crazy. And we just set up off the edge of a current seam and just pounded them. And then we tried, well, I particularly tried a few times that next year and the work just like a flip of a switch, the river was really low and um, it was, it was completely different. And it hasn't been, like, I think it was a little higher this last year, but it hasn't been crazy since. And fishing has been good, but not phenomenal. It just seems like water level really impacts how much those big fish run that thing. I, w- I wonder so. if it's just current, you know, you get more current with higher water or, you know, and less current with low water. Yeah, that's probably a big, that's probably a big part of it for sure. Like they don't really scatter. They literally funnel just because of the current. So yeah, yeah. I know like tr- trout fishing in the Western Wisconsin, um, if it's h- super high water, it's impossible to fish. But if it's super low water, you, I have never caught a fish in low water. It's gotta be, it's gotta be turning a little bit. Otherwise they just don't bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I would say rainy rings true to that. Like, definitely higher water levels have i've always had much better fishing so Kristen, do you ever do the fox river absolutely that is it's an experience i'll tell you that what do you mean um well i mean your butts to nuts with you know like especially on shore (laughs) you know that's that's two butt comments it's kind of (laughs) weird i told you i uh, I have no filter. I, pre- I appreciate the descriptive language. I, you know what? I love that about you right now because I have absolutely no filter, and everyone will say that my filter comes off constantly. But yeah. it's great. It gets misplaced. Yeah. Oh, mine is just broken. So you're saying there's a lot of people out there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can walk across boats, and we've done it where you get in waders in the water, and you're shoulder to shoulder with your neighbor, and. That's a blast because you can get some really big fish moving through where boats can't get up. So we've pulled some, I mean, just crazy walleye. And when you have, we've met some really nice people, you know, like I met a guy and he netted one of my fish for me and it's a good time. Um, And then this last year, or yeah, I guess it is last year now. Wow. We went out with um, some of our really good friends that are also guides and they, you know, just had the day. So we went out with them and just crushed on some walleye and then my husband um ended up with a 50 inch muskie so you just don't know what you're going to get either is that like a springtime thing for you too like early ice or is that an all year thing there um i know people ice fish it right now 10 out of 10 the ice conditions because the dam fluctuates so much that ice conditions are just not good so but people get some really nice ones there ice fishing we're hoping that the we get some cold weather so we can try it. But uh, we normally start in March and then roll through April there. Um, as soon as the ice goes out, I mean, sometimes we have to walk across a little ice and get in the water. So it's cold waiting in the water for hours, but it's definitely worth it. Have either of you done pool four? 
down by Red Wing? That's a zoo. Know. I'm wondering if it's as if it's more crowded than that or less, or way less. They don't. What they think of crowded is nothing. Pool four. I literally there had a guy are, troll the, into me last no, year and didn't no, even say anything. Yeah, he there's just no hit my water. Ball and just kept on going. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you had a bowl of Cheerios and you was full and you dump more Cheerios in it. That's what pool four feels like. <laughs> I had literal Ooh. nuts on my butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's awful. Oh and he wasn't even fishing yet. I wasn't even there. <laughs> Sorry, Joanne. Sorry well, about that. That'll get edited out. <laughs> FCC is now going to fire all of us. I'm just playing along with the guests, I, Chuck. I'm I didn't tell anybody where I hooked myself, so I was very proud of that. I stopped. Pink bubblegum spinnerbait. Well, Uh-oh. I, I, I want to know. <laughs> I'm sure you can all guess. Yeah, I hooked it in the worst possible place ever. And the guy that was with me was my dad, and he was laughing so hysterically that, uh, yeah, he couldn't even help. Gross. Yep. It was bad. Did you have to go get it removed? Uh, No, I just pulled it out and cried. Fair. Now he has a piercing. Yeah. (laughs) What a turn we've taken, guys. Yeah. (laughs) This is... Just free flow conversation yep. at its best right here. This is all gonna get edited and left in. God, I'd hope so. <laughs> so Kristen, you mentioned this earlier, but how how many of the areas around you are flowages? Is it a lot? I wouldn't say a lot, no. Um, we primarily fish the Winnebago system or the Wisconsin system. And the Wisconsin system is Petenwell, Castle Rock. They all kind of flow into each other. So, like, there's kind of two separate. If we go north, I mean, there is just a shit ton of flowages that you can constantly, you can go one to the other, and it's not far of a drive. But where we're at, it's pretty pretty minimal. Have you fished the Namakagan? No. Is that what it is, Tommy, by Hayward that we've been on? Mm-hmm. Like the chip flowage and all that stuff? or The Namakagan is a protected waterway, so it's I think it's canoe only, isn't it, Tom? I think so. We uh, stayed at a camp out uh, in just uh, west of Hayward that is right along the Namakagan. And it it's was appara- by Minong. Minong, yeah. It's apparently really good oh, for okay. muskie. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. We actually went with a guide for the governor's opener this year, um, and that's where he's from, and he had said that he was going to be opening up a, you know, those um, boats out west that you use for trout trips. He was hoping to pick one up to take trips for muskie on the Namakagan um, because, like you said, it's protected. But his backyard butts up to it. So, like, he is personally right on the waterway. So he was like, we just launched right out of my yard. Are those those big kind of like Lord of the Rings boats? that? Are yeah, like but, they're exactly. boats. but they're like almost like a like a plasticky or floaty material not like a wood one and they drift like kevlar maybe yeah they drift in water that's like three inches it's unbelievable yeah. how low water they can but they have through. like the really tall points yeah. on both sides yep. right yep yep i think i saw a video of ron Shera fishing out of one of those ones well ron Shera has been on tv for 50 years so he's probably <laughs> fished out of every boat you ever could think of that's <laughs> accurate i think you're right about that yeah from viking ships to bass cats that was a cool canoe trip it was it took a long time. It didn't flow very much, but I remember you had your dog with you, Tom, and it didn't go very well. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was in the water instantly, right? <laughs> like, yeah, the dog was nuts and would not sit still, and the entire shore got to watch us. My, our, no, that wasn't, the, that was the St. Croix. What? That was a different trip. Same dog? 
Same dog. Same dog. <laughs> the Namakagan was, I don't know if you got in the water that time. You felt, you definitely fell in the St. Croix when we were going from uh, just north of Osceola to Osceola. What was the name of that town just north of there? I can't remember. Just south of Taylor's Falls. Anyways. Yeah, that was a different trip. There was, and there was a there was like a hundred people watching you. Yeah, it, it was, was immediate. It, it was, was so it was funny. Pretty, it was pretty embarrassing. I'm like, if we're gonna fall in the water, at least don't do it right in front of the launch, in front of everyone. Of course, curse me. Right there, right there. <laughs> and then the dog was going off the other direction. Johnny was was zero help up front because he was all salty about getting in the water. And yeah, he was mad at you, so he didn't yep. want to help. Real classic brother situation. Yeah, it kind of sounds like stepbrothers a little bit. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing. <laughs> Thanks for bringing up a painful memory, Dan. Hey, you know that's <laughs> you can throw them out for me if you want. That's what we're here for. That's hilarious. So, what's what's your favorite species to fish for, Kristen? Boy, you're really giving loaded questions. Oh, I want to know because I, I guarantee you've had that question nine hundred times. Well, so. rank them. Just <laughs> if you can't yeah. if you can't pick one, rank them. But I mean, okay, if you had to pick the perfect day, I'm going to go for the species, because why? Man, um, you know what? Same kind of answer as before. I would love to say. No, that's a BS answer. You can't just say, oh, I love all fish. No, there's one that you like better. Okay, it's kind of like if you have two kids. I'm the person that gets excited to catch a bullfin, and people are like, that's a trash fish. Throw it on the ice. I get excited for stuff like that. I'm just happy to be out. I'm grateful to be out. Um, I can't say I could pick because one day I'll be like, God, I'd love to just go a hot summer night frog fishing right at last light because we, you know, like we enjoy getting, we get northern, we get bass, we get bullfin. It's a blast. But then I also would never turn down going out for walleye because we don't get them often ice fishing that I'd love to go, you know, pick off a meal's worth of walleye and just have a good night. So Honestly, I'm easy to please. I'm like, I'm the probably lamest fisherman when it comes to that. Cause I have no particular plans. I'm just happy to go along to get along. You don't have an illogical Wisconsin hatred for rock bass. <laughs> they do hate rock bass. Wisconsin people hate rock bass. Even though that's the sign of a clean lake. They hate them. Yeah. Really? I've never, I guess I've never noticed that. I mean, I've seen people be like, Oh, rock bass. Great. But like never, Never really put together the hatred. The but people again, I've you... experienced are like, throw that on the shore. Yep. We want all those dead. And you're like, aren't those like a really responsible fish? They kind of like eat crap. Kill them all. I want them dead. <laughs> Fine, Nicole. What's your answer on this one? Because I'm hoping yours is not. I love all things in the sea. <laughs> Hers is walleye. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't know. She loves panfish. That's my uh, guess. I'm going to say panfish. Yeah, crappy. Huh? Crappy. I don't know. I'm going to say walleye. You know, <laughs> sturgeon, sturgeon. <laughs> Not sturgeon. I'm well. actually gonna say uh, white bass. White you can't bass. keep saying oh. answers. Fine, so her said. Good guess. Good guess. Um, you know, a good in a perfect world in a perfect day, a you know, thirty inch walleye. Yes, yes. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be crappy. It's okay. I okay. saw when I saw you catch that walleye, Malax. I saw the 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 hint of like this is the best thing ever. <laughs> And I'm like, yep, that's what makes her excited is walleyes and big walleyes. Well, it probably helped that she caught the biggest fish by far. And like there was people all over looking at her like, how'd you do that? Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. But, you know, like the lazy person in me is like, oh, you know, I can go try for walleyes and strike out all the time or like just go crush a few crappies and call it a day. That's always nice. 
you know, they're easy. They're so easy. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, that's why you fish bass is because they're easy. Dan? Yes. I want to catch fish when I go fishing. Sometimes I don't want to catch fish. Sometimes I just want to sit in my boat and and be loved. There's a reason why I could not identify with Nicole King. I can't go fishing for nine days without even getting a bite. Same. That is exactly my issue with musky. I'm with you. Like, too much work, no return. I mean, she caught, what, 30 fish this year, which is astounding. But she probably fished 300 times. Yeah, that's it. That's, you nailed it. Yeah, but the thing is, it's peaceful. My boat always misses me. I mean, So you think. Oh, no, it does. Trust me. My truck misses my boat. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Did you ask it? I mean, did I, it tell you? I did. When I was up north, it was so happy. It even the when I smashed into a snowbank when my wheel bearing uh, kind of You're talking about selling your boat. I know, but that's it's like a divorce thing. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Louise! Just kidding. Whoa! <laughs> I'm kidding. Aggressive. But you missed your boat. <laughs> yes. I asked my wife. I asked my wife a couple nights. I was like, "Do you think?" I was like, "I got a serious question." I was like, "Do you think the boat misses me as much as I miss the boat?" She's like, "This is what you think about." I was like, "Yes, it's exactly what I think about." Sign these papers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Nicole. Do you have a new polar craft coming this year? Um, uh, not this year. So, like, normally I get one, or not that I know of this year. Um, but I right now mine is actually just winterized because. Being pregnant last year, it didn't get the uh, very many miles on it compared to normal. So the first boat had, I don't remember how many hours on it, but it was it was an impressive number of hours. And last year it was, I just went back and forth on the same lake right by my house. And that was about it. Well, you went like with the big one too, 700 right? 700 acres. Did you do the 20 <laughs> footer this year? Yeah. Yep. So I got the Kodiak Pro 20 foot and it's it's been an amazing boat. Like I really was sad. I couldn't, I was so sick during pregnancy. I couldn't. Really put it to the test, and polar cough is really, I mean, I still went out quite a bit, I think, compared to the average person, but, like, it just wasn't normal. And then um, polar cough was really patient with all that and embraced, excited about the family edition and all that, and just going to grind it out this next year with it. So give it some real testing on some big waters and big trips. I mean, there's not much polar craft could do about it. It's like you're going to be... You're taking care of the priorities yeah. right there. Well, and also you don't want to like jostle the little kid around and be sicker while you're trying to be in the boat. I'm sure that's not yeah. fun. I literally like that. This is what I learned from last year, which I was so sick for so long. Um, is when you fish one lake enough times, you get so good at it that you can catch anything you want. Like I, I've always been like, especially in Fargo, there's no lake. There's like no lakes around. You have to travel. So I was just always traveling and bouncing big water and all that. And that's great. And you get great content and it's fun. But I was so grounded this last summer. I fished the one lake by my house and that's all I did for so long to the point that like if I needed content for something, I just went out there for one hour, crushed all the species I needed and went home. Because when it's a small little lake, like you literally learn every fish pattern and how they adjust throughout the year. Like something I think I never could take advantage of until I was forced to like really sit there and just learn a lake and the fish patterns. And it was great. I mean, I popped a lot of nice walleye out of there last summer. I didn't even know we're in there just because eventually you figure out what they're doing and what works and how they're transitioning and you just crush them. It's nice. It's a nice, it's a different type of fishing, you know, Do it's you, not always about big destinations. I have a question for you and this is kind of a weird one. 
for for me because I feel like small lakes are a bigger gamble than big big lakes as far as fish. Like they're more risk versus reward. Like if you get a small lake and it's a really good bite, it's an epic bite. But like a big lake, it's never. Uh, at least I've never experienced like a stellar bite on a big lake. But vice versa, if a small lake is off, then you catch nothing. And a big lake, you always can find fish. Yeah, I think that's a fairly accurate. I, I, I would agree. More different like ecosystems in a, one area is off. You can go totally new where a small lake, I mean, if it, that condition is just micro, right? Like it's just half, like it's, it's like a small area on a big lake where you can't just, you can't escape it. So I like think that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, if you were to just go out onto a lake, but like the other thing is once you learn this, I don't think a lot of, I don't even know how to explain this. It's once I learned my small lake, I could outfish anyone, like anyone on a given day because I knew exactly where the fish pattern, where a big lake, it's kind of like they shift a lot more. They can move a lot. There's just a lot more variabilities a lot more fish often, but I, I don't know. I, my heart really went to small lakes after this summer. Um, small, I haven't even done other than Malak. Yeah. It can be wild, especially panfish get stupid, but even the walleye, like they're going to sit on the same hump at the same time every single day. And if it's a tough bite, you can just downsize and catch them. Like, you know, they're there. They're not going to do anything different. And a big lake, sometimes it's like the wind switches and all the bait ends up on a different area of the lake. And it's like starting over, you know? So here's a question that I have for the two of you and I'd be interested in both of your perspective. So you both obviously have a passion for fishing. You both like to fish just because you like to fish, but you also have passion for content creation. Do you ever feel like those two things get in the way of each other? Like, All do you ever, the time. You feel like I have to go. Like it, it becomes a job. It's kind of like rod building to me. Yeah, I mean, like I, I want to go fishing, but I have to get this shot or I don't really feel like going fishing, but I need this shot or I just don't want to bring the cameras with today or how does that, how do you balance that or what does that look like? All of it. It's all, <laughs> that's how you always feel. Um, for me, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, you feel all those things, but then I have to remind myself that the Nicole Stone Outdoor side of things not only pays for the stuff I love, but allows me to fish essentially for a living. You know, a big chunk of what I do is literally fishing and getting content for brands. And so, like, it's worth it. But where it really hurts, I would say the most painful is, like, if you're walleye fishing and you know that pot of fish is down there for just a little bit of time and it's going to be gone. And instead of dropping back down and seeing if that next fish is even bigger, you're, like, stuck, right? Like, you got to get all these photos, all these videos. Because if you don't catch you're in trouble. Like that hurts a lot. Yeah, I would definitely agree with your assessment on that. Although I will be the first to admit I'm the first person to not pick up my camera if the fish are down there, which is just, you know, <laughs> one of those I need to get better because like, I mean, even Nicole and I this weekend, we're like, okay, we got to get content on whatever day. And her and I are like, we're going to grind it out through sunset. We're going to get a fish. And it was like, I should have had my GoPro rolling. I should have had this. I should have had that. But I'm like, I want to fish first. <laughs> it was like one of those that after the fact, her and I are looking at each other like, mm, not our greatest decision, but sticking by it. <laughs> Very true. Like, we'll take content in a couple hours, and then all of a sudden it's dark, and you're like, oops. I didn't get yep. anything Maybe done. Maybe tomorrow. 
Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So right on. Maybe thinking about it in a way like this, when you're 60 years old, are you more likely to be doing fishing or content creation or both? Uh, like which um, one do you know what I mean? Like fishing. which one do you think is more of like your lifelong thing? Fishing definitely well, for me. Yeah. I would assume I'd be like retired. Like I would hope I'd be like, okay, I don't have to, I mean, I hope that would be the plan, but who knows? But like maybe we should be finding more older people doing this stuff and throwing them a bone, but it doesn't seem to be a thing. Right? Well, not on like social media, but like Bill Dance, Al Lindner, big names. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> are still, Bill Dance are is still, still the funniest TV man every... alive. Like his, okay, I take all that back. His blooper reel still makes me. I literally me... live by those. I love him. Uh, when his trolling motor came off his boat and he was trying to get, like, you. I mean, that I is the... that was fake, to be honest with you. I thought those videos were fake. They're not. They're <laughs> no, not they, they can't be fake because that. They're I, not. I feel his pain. I have stuff like this weird situations happen constantly with my life. And that that's what I would feel my trolling motor would do. It's break. And then, you know, or when he breaks all the rod tips in his truck, shutting it. Oh, it's just the cameraman falls off the back. (laughs) So funny. No, I love still love him. Yeah. How old is Al Linder? Seventies. I think seventies. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. John and I had a chance no. to see him last year. I, I haven't met the man. I should have shook in his hand. Yes, last year at that Teen Challenge thing. That, I'm uh, going to this year. Minnesota Teen Challenge, if anyone wants to fish it, it's pretty impactful. I mean, it was – Dan and I went into it thinking it was a tournament, and it – I won't say it changed my life that night, but over the course of the year when people are like, oh, you know, thanks for fishing that. I had two buddies that went through the Minnesota Teen Challenge, and it's pretty impactful. Like what you're doing is so important for people. Well, that's yeah. cool. I, I'm excited to do that again. And yeah, he was just a super nice guy. He was just out walking around. Mm-hmm. Al, Al Linder. He was a super nice guy. Yeah. I'm, this year I'm going to shake his hand. I'm going to get over my... And then you're never going to wash your hand again. You're gonna well, try I haven't to rub, washed it. Rub I, it oh. Why would I start then? It's like... He's going to try to rub it on all his fishing rods. <laughs> that's That's always been the plan, Judd. Yeah. You just shake his hand and rub my he fishing hasn't, rods. He hasn't washed his hand since he <laughs> first shook your hand, John. Fishing rods okay. in your boat, you weirdo. <laughs> Jeez. I'm you just resp- really watch what you say. I'm yeah, repeating what you said, No, John. I said for the juju of having Al. I've watched Al Linder. Like, you know, he fishes in a five-gallon pail and pulls out a 10-pound walleye. He fishes in a lump. Yeah, yeah I know. Nice but it's same with Gary Roach. Those guys, like, I mean, I don't know. Legend. I think their walleyes come to see them, not the other way around. I agree. Oh my God! Can you just remove that whole part where I talked about six-year-olds not making content? Those guys are the boss on the internet. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just, we just completely destroyed you. <laughs> like, cut that out. That, I need to go to bed. No, you are right though. There's not a lot of content creation in that zone, but I would imagine as the people who are content creating now get older, it'll carry over. Well, here's my favorite story about Gary Roach and content creation. I. And I don't know how true this is, but maybe it's just more of a legend. And I just, I'm going to believe it until I die, even if someone tells me it's not. He's in a Rappalo meeting. Everybody's, they're trying to teach everybody how to use social media. And no joke, they said he fell asleep, woke up at the end of it. And he says, 
gosh, I could have caught six wallets in the time you guys told me how to post one picture on face book or whatever it is. And I'm like thinking, yeah, that's, that's exactly what you want this guy to do is not touch social media and just take pictures of him. Yeah. Good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't his dad live on your lake? Uh, no, Gary Roach lives on my parents' lake. Oh, I'm thinking Tony Roach. Tony Roach. Yeah. Tony's the son. Uh, I don't know if it's a son or a nephew. I think it's a nephew. Okay. But Gary Roach and, uh, um, yeah, Gary Roach lives there. And then what's what's the other? Mitch Roach lives on my parents' lake. Where they live, they're like neighbors. But it's a bunch of gray hair, bearded people out there. I think that we could keep talking about this forever and ever, but it's probably a good idea to wrap this up. Yeah, people have to go to bed. Nicole's got to take care of a baby and yeah, a cat. I was that, say. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, Nicole, this has been super awesome. We really appreciate you being here tonight. And uh, Kristen, it's especially nice to get a chance to meet you and get a chance to talk to you for the first time. It's uh, it's uh, been really kind of fun. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun, and um, I hope to do, talk to you guys again soon. So follow Kristen on Facebook and on Instagram. And what's your Instagram handle, Kristen? Yeah, it's Kristen Fotega. It's just my my name, all one word. No R. No, it's not Ortega. It's not Ortega. It's Potega. And you said you're on on uh, TikTok too. Yep, same same name. And then Nicole, Nicole Stone Outdoors. Yeah, across everything. All right. Well, thank you all for being here. We really appreciate it, John. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everyone. Tom. Thanks, fellas. Have a great night, guys. Thank you, guys. Good night. Have a good one.